0: Uh, exciting times in the world of football, uh, not just because uh, the Socceroos in action tonight up against Vietnam, another World Cup qualifier, but also, too, it's a, the dawning of a new era for football in the country. Channel 10 now uh, broadcasting uh, not just the Socceroos games, but uh, they will be the new home of the A-League and the W-League in a five-year broadcast deal with Viacom, CBS, Network 10 and Paramount+. Plus. So Andy Harper heading it up with Simon Hill, Mark Milligan, Bruce Jidde, Alex Bross, uh, Georgie Yeoman and Scott McKinnon, all part of the team, and Andy Harper's been great enough to jump on the line with us. Andy, hello to you.
1: Yeah, good day. I'm very well. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, mate, uh, before we get to the Socceroos, this is really exciting. Uh, a, a shot in the arm, uh, so to speak, for football to get some free-to-air coverage, uh, not just with the A-League, but now with these World Cup qualifiers for the Socceroos. It's exactly what the doctor ordered. Yeah, it's, look,
1: it's really children in a lot of ways for the game the timing of things and Fox Sports the previous rights holder in fact you know the foundation block for for professional football in this country over the last decade and a half and did, the, did an amazing job yep. and the time had come for for a new direction and Channel 10 have have accepted um, that opportunity and it's very very exciting for well, for both the network um, and and for football in Australia you know they both come to the project with um, a whole pile of vigour and a new chapter, as you say, just a, um, uh, about to be upon us. So it's very exciting to be part of it. And the Socceroos have helped big time in getting this new chapter underway with a great win last week against China.
0: That certainly was. So one win away from 10 consecutive wins in World Cup qualifiers. Let's start with that game against China, though. Mobile, Boyle, Duke all scoring. What were your takeaways?
1: Well, I thought... actually flattered China. It was um, an incredibly dominant performance. There wasn't a a, a Socceroos player really who could look back at their game and think they didn't contribute. It was a fantastic performance. If anything, they were a bit soft in front of goal. Um, And that's to be hypercritical. And I guess at this stage of World Cup qualifying, we should all um, allow ourselves, I guess, that that, that breadth uh, of analysis because there will be some games come along where it's a bit nip and tuck and 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 you want to be taking the chances you do create it can they can come at a premium so soccer is very convincing in a three nil win and really if they'd left uh doha the scene of the game against china with an eight nil win next to their name no one could have complained they were completely dominant they had some great chances to score which they didn't utilize
0: so just sitting at the moment after only one game uh, on top of that Group B, um, mm. Saudi Arabia also got the three goals, but they um, conceded one as well. So that's what's got mm. Australia on top. So uh, Vietnamese, uh, sorry, Vietnam tonight, uh, what are your expectations mm. of this one coming in? According to uh, Graham Arnold, obviously Socceroos coach, Martin Boyle, 50-50 chance uh, of playing. Uh, would that mm. be uh, as big a loss as uh, we would be led to believe given his form against China or... We've got plenty to cover for him.
1: Oh, we do have cover, but he he will be a loss. I don't think he'll play. I mean, uh, you know, unless he was cramping up at the end of that match um, and you can recover from that. But if there was any sort of hamstring strain three days ago, you're not going to risk that coming into a World Cup qualifier. I'm not sure about the actual diagnosis, but it it looked to me like he had some sort of strain, uh, which took him off the field at the end of the game. He played very, very well, got the first goal. A second goal, rather, another fantastic contribution. But they'll cover for him. Uh, I'd like to see Daniel Arzani get a start. He's a sort of player in these conditions um, who I think can do something. The big question about Daniel, however, as exciting as he is, is his ability physically to run out a game. And I think the conditions are going to be a little bit difficult over there. Very humid and and I'd expect you know a very thick um, thatch of grass on which to play. Very sapping conditions. Going to um, take a lot of weight and sink a lot of energy out, sap a lot of energy out of. <coughs> excuse me, the Socceroos player. So that might go against Daniel Arzani. There's cover otherwise. Vietnam will be a difficult team. You know this, um, mm. and a, and a couple couple of our guys actually, Riley McGree if he plays, uh, and Aidan Rustich, I'm expecting him to play. He was great the other night. They actually figured in a game in the AFC, the Under 23s Championship in 2018, which was. Which, which was the, the signpost game for this gener- generation of Vietnam players. They beat Australia that day, um, beat them quite convincingly, and went on to make the final of that tournament, whereas Australia didn't qualify out of the group stage. Um, and since then, this Vietnam team has really marked itself as having a fantastic crop of players. <clears throat> so it's not going to be an easy game for the soccerers, particularly away from home. And what does go in their favour, of course, is that there'll be uh, no crowd in attendance because of COVID. And, and, you know, I'd be a little less confident if the soccerers had to take on Vietnam and the crowd in Hanoi. But as it is, they'll just have to worry about a very good team. And I actually think they might be Might be good enough to get away with it tonight,
0: the Socceroos. And and they've done a fantastic job, haven't they, Vietnam? You mentioned that. This is their first time they've been to the third stage of a World Cup qualifying. The 3-1 loss to Saudi Arabia. That's that's understandable. Saudi Arabia are are a strong side in their own right. But uh, ranked 92 in the world. But it is exciting when nations like Vietnam start to progress uh, up the ranks. It's only good for world football, Andy.
1: There's no question. And, uh, you know, there's a, it's an incredibly vibrant football culture. It's 80 million people in yep. Vietnam. A, a, you know, a big cultural and trading partner and geopolitical partner of Australia, given the Southeast Asian proximity, et cetera. Mm. Uh, and football is, by, by far and away, the number one sport. And they've managed to develop this, this clutch of players in their early to mid-20s, um, topped and tailed by some younger guys and some very good older guys. But the, the heart of the team, uh, is this group of players who've got another 10 years of international football in front of them, all going well. Uh, and they're, they're wonderful technicians. You know, this is a, a big tick for Vietnam, who've invested in this group going back a decade or so now. Talent identified them. Um, they've kept them together. They've, they've, they've progressed them along their careers. I think one of the big challenges might be to achieve even greater plaudits that is to find a way to get some of these players out of Vietnam into bigger, stronger leagues, maybe... The J-League or the A-League would be great for us to have a couple of Vietnamese players. Um, Van how the left fullback, who's missing uh, because of injury, but uh, you know, he's just had a year in Holland. So if they can make that next step, um, and if that's part of their plan, I'd like to think it is for their own development's sake, then this team's going to be very, very difficult over many years now. And I hope the foundations uh, that they seem to be setting as reflected by this team at the moment are not a mirage. Actually, it, it, it is actually a reflection of them systematically building the quality of football through the country.
0: Andy, yeah, we're speaking to Andy Harper from Channel 10, uh, football caller extraordinaire, and you'll hear him in action with Simon Hill and Mark Milligan, Bruce Jidde, Alex Brosk, uh, Georgia Yeoman Dale, and, and Scott McKinnon as part of the Channel 10 team for tonight's World Cup qualifier. Andy, I, I, I think back to, you know, and, and as, the, as more of a passive football fan, when I come in and out of it, um, and, and the glory days of when we we started to get back to world cups and and those moments, but I remember at the time that th- there wasn 't a soccerroo that you didn't know and and we yeah. knew all of these guys and they were household names and I know we 're going through a, a different period in in the game as far as our national team goes at the moment, but just uh, who do you see that can emerge and, and, and in this run to, the, to um to Qatar? Who do you see as the players that we might not know yet, but by the time we get there or maybe even after it? Touch wood mm. that we get there, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah, that that yeah. they will be the household names that, that we know and revere and cherish.
1: Well, it's a fantastic point you make, of course. And there's, it just this goes back to the last point I made, I made about Vietnam, getting their players into Europe. Well, mm. we're getting our players into Europe, but we haven't had that headline act, which is going to lead the charge into the big five leagues of Europe yet. We've had a few. We've got Matty Ryan yep. uh, in Spain at Rail Sociedad, of course. Aaron Moy, Aaron Moore, will yep. be in the English... Premier League, there's no question, but he decided to move to China on a very big payday. I can't begrudge him it; it's completely his prerogative. But there's no question he's good enough to still be playing in the English Premier League. Um, and so then of this crop um, is mid twenties, Aidan Rustick, who plays. Actually, he as I mentioned, he was one of those guys in 2018 who got knocked off by Vietnam in that under 23s tournament. And he's the only player outside of Matty Ryan, who plays in goal, he's the only guy we've got at the moment in one of the big five. They call him the big five in Europe, Germany, uh, Spain, France, Italy and England. Um, and the team of 2006, pretty much all those players were coming out of those competitions mm. and playing regular minutes. That's the big difference. But look, you know, talent-wise, the current crop aren't markedly off the crop of 2006, but... But the point is what we what we definitely don't have with this group at the moment is that figurehead player, like a Kuhl or like a Viduka yep. or like a Bresciano or Lucas Neal, who's actually, uh, or even a Timmy Cale now, he wasn't probably at that stage in 2006, but very obviously became that as a younger guy, yep. who's going to change the perception of these big five leagues. Um, and once we start getting players working through and one takes that headline, one of, a player of that ilk comes through and it will happen um, then the perception from the recruiting and the scout operations of the European clubs changes and then we'll start the, the trickle will become more of a flow of players into the big five and then at that point you can more reasonably expect greater consistency and success at that level but to your point they become more familiar mm. because the the general sports fans and the Socceroos and the matildas welcome the general sports fans on their runs to the world cup and olympic games everyone's welcome on the bandwagon
0: absolutely um, it's not an
1: ex- it's not an exclusive group it's a it's a, it's it's free for everyone to join but for that general sports fan to be more familiar with those players those players need to be playing in the leagues that the sports fans um, click on to understand the English Premier League being probably the biggest and most important of those. And that will come again. And these, ha- these things happen in cycles. The A-League now going 15 years and really starting to, to sink some development routes yeah. will start casting out players into these top leagues. But it doesn't happen overnight.
0: That was what I was going to ask you. Does it also speak to that that we don't have as many in those big five leagues in Europe, as you mentioned? But does that also speak to the fact that our A-League is getting stronger and stronger and and players are choosing to stay, knowing now that they're not going to be... They're not even going to go. You know, they almost have to do. You know, like a, to, to get through is almost like getting through a, a, an episode of Survivor to get into the national side from the A League. Um, it's only a select couple, but now there's much stronger representation in our national team from our A League players.
1: Look, it's a it's a really really good point. Is you've been doing homework, so, <laughs> so you know pre A League and in the in the days of the NSL when most of the teams were part time. Um, you know, the big thing in sport, football, any sport, about your social condition. And and it's, you know, you draw a line across top-flight professional sport and the bulk of people who, who are competing at the top end in the football games particularly are, are guys and girls who come from not so much. Now, Australia is not a poor country. And so we don't... We've got a lot of inequality, but it's not as vast as in some parts of the world, parts of Africa and South America, which just churn out these... These kids who know nothing else but football, because mm. there's been nothing else for them to do, and it's their way of improving their life and the life of their family. Now, where Australia in the old days, relatively, fits into that, whilst uh, in social economic terms, you know, we're not, we don't have the vast levels of inequality, vast levels of inequality as, as you know, some parts of the world. But you know, in a sporting sense, our footballers were hungry. They were poor in football terms. They mm. didn't have opportunity and resources. And so to go to Europe was the place to make a career. So bizarrely, the success of the A-League has maybe filed the edge off that a little bit more than it might have. And so that's something to overcome. The other, but, but the overriding point on all this is that that team of 2006, which is our reference point, mm. they all came out of the NSL as maligned as it was. And the the, the National Soccer League started in 1977. It took from 1977 to 2006 to produce a culture that produced players to get them into the big leagues to get us to the World Cup. That's a long development process. You, You can't just jump off the plane in this country, in this game from one country and become a brown line medalist or, um, in a matter of years, yep. right? It's, 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 this takes a long time because it's so competitive. And the Golden Generation is a great example of that. Now, the A-League started in 2005, not from nothing, but it's taken a while to build the club structures and the development structures and the academy structures that go with it to produce the top-flight players. Um, and there is a time lag, and we're getting closer to the end of that, that that particular time lag and we'll start to see some dividends very soon.
0: Uh, Great point Andy and of course what football deals with here that it doesn't have to in a lot of other countries US is similar to this is that it's competing against AFL NRL, um, NBL uh, rugby so it's got competition in in, in ways that other countries never do so it does so well uh, in its own space and continues to bat above its average and mate tonight's an important one, I'm going to let you go but tonight's important with Oman and Japan awaiting in October, Uh, this is a just a must-win to really give yourself a nice buffer and a nice boost as the top two get through and to avoid that uh, third-place playoff, which we do not like. Um, Mate, good, happy calling. Thank you so much. Great to catch up. Thanks for having me, mate. Good on you. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.